Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, July the 6th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue Year C, Proper Week 10, which is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Wednesday of the week, we like to take a look at one of the extra passages, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, from this week in the church's calendar year. And uh, there's plenty this week in this ordinary time. And so I'm going to go back to the Old Testament for today. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 9 through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 9 through 14. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up to in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we will obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. This is the word of God for us. The waning chapters of Deuteronomy are a famous piece of the Old Testament because this is the parting words of Moses, right? So Deuteronomy is named Deuteronomy because it is the second giving of the law, the second time that it occurs, right? So you've already got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. So there's already been a telling of the law itself. And so here, uh, Moses preaches two big, long sermons as the people of Israel who were just enslaved in Egypt a generation before, you know, across the Jordan River, go into the Promised Land, and the law is read so that it might linger upon their hearts and minds. Um, the law wasn't just a set of rules for them to follow and to kind of keep them in line. The law also serves as an adoption document. This law was not laid upon any other people. This law was laid upon the people of Israel, Abraham's extended family, right? And so the reason that it's reflected upon again is that people get in touch once again with their birthright and their mission and their task is to go into the land which God promised to their distant ancestor. This was a great and joyful day. Like it might sound like a buzzkill, like Moses is somehow like Principal Strickland from Back to the Future with his ruler, you know, calling everybody a slacker and telling them to straighten up. But this is more like, I don't know, a great big family reunion and all the old stories are brought out and uh, people get a renewed sense of who they are. That's what's going on here. There must have been some fear and some trepidation about not following through. And so Moses addresses it before it's brought up. He said, this law is not beyond you. It's not too far above you where you don't have a messenger to go to heaven and bring it down to you, nor is it beyond your reach, beyond the sea, 
that you can't transverse across it in order to retrieve these words in order to follow them. Moses says, this law is in a better place. It's in your heart. It's near you. It's in your mouth. Meditate upon it. That's why whenever uh, you and I would go to a Jewish person's house, particularly if they continue to retrieve these commands, that they have this thing on the doorpost of their house. It's called a masusa. It's a place where the law is kind of rolled up real tightly on a piece of paper, and they touch it as they go in and out of their house. They touch it to their lips because they want the law to be upon their mouths. Now, there's a direct command here that this law, this commandments would be um, upon their foreheads, it'd be in their speech as they walk along the way, and it'd be upon their doorposts. And so they mimicked and they practiced what it's like to be completely absorbed in the teachings of God. That's how they knew who they were. They retrieved it again and again. It gave them a bearing for where they've been, and it gave them a heading for where they're about ready to go. This is this has got to be like a sliver, just a piece of the pie of what it means to be a religious person. Is that we continue to rehearse again and again the story of God, the commands of God, so that we can once again be in touch with our story from the past. We can also be postured with great expectation of what God's going to do in the future. This is why we have the Revised Common Lectionary. This is why we use it for uh, the When I Rise readings and prayers is because uh, the church saw fit in its wisdom to cut up the Bible into three-year cycles with all these different readings from Old and New Testament, Psalms, the Prophets, and the Gospels, and so on and so forth, so that we can dwell upon the story again, that it wouldn't just be like data out there that we're familiar with, but it'd be something that we're immersed in, that we swim into the depths of. And that's why there's so much wisdom in it, is to come to this text again and again, not to avoid it, not just to go to the places of the Bible that we admire and love the most, but to go to places like Amos chapter 7, to go to places like Psalm 82 from yesterday that are kind of tricky. And to say, okay, I'm, I'm a part of the people of God, and God is faithful. He has revealed who He is to us. So what does this mean? What did it mean to the people who first heard it? What does it mean for us today? And so that's why we... We dwell upon this so that it's not far away, that we can't excuse ourselves from it, saying it's too far out of my reach. No, it's on our mouths, it's near us, and it's in our hearts. What we do is we receive it with prayer. We place it into the depths of who we are, so that like soil, like like you know, seed planted in soil, you begin to bear that gospel fruit in our life. And we do that, it takes a lot of work, it takes a long time. But we look back and Man, sometimes, you know, hindsight is uh, the 2020 vision in our lives. We can see, hey, God's faithful and God has brought me this far because of how I've been able to dwell upon his word. So that's what my prayer is going to be for us this morning is that we dwell upon the word of God, that it would be near us, and that we'd sense it transforming us in our lives. So let's, uh, we think about these things, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've not left us alone, that you've rescued us, you've redeemed us, you've placed us in your family, you've given us your word. We thank you that the word not only instructs us, not only does it help answer, uh, lead to responses to the greatest questions of human experience, but it's a way that we feel connected. It's a way that we feel that we've been brought into a family, that uh, as we walk this out together, we get the sense of being the people of God. And we thank you that your story is not a dead end. We thank you that in the past you've been faithful. And you're going to be faithful today. You're going to be faithful all the way to the end. 
And so God, as we dwell upon your word, I pray that we'd hear your voice. Just like the people of God in Moses' day heard your voice before taking on their inheritance. I pray that we'd hear your voice, that it would be near us, that we wouldn't accuse you of being so far off or these words too far to retrieve for ourselves. But I pray that we would have an eager and a curious mind. And I pray that as we seek the scriptures and as we dwell upon the teachings of your people throughout the generations, I do pray that we would discern your voice, that we'd be led by you, that we'd be empowered and inspired. And I pray that the preaching and the teaching and the believing and the acting out of the word of God would create the church, would send us on your mission. And I pray that we'd see you do great and mighty things, wonderful things around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.